everyone, and welcome back to Love at First Podcast. Hello. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to say anything else, so... I, I was about to. I mean, I, you left a long pause. You can't do that. Well, you looked at me as if you wanted to say something. No, because I was waiting for you, and then you, you didn't do it, so... Oh. But you know who we are. I'm, I'm Sam. And Safai. So... I wanted to start the intro today. She did. Oh, you can do it anytime you want, you know. It's just normally... I, we're just in a rhythm, so I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. We might sound a little different. We do have the great new recording space, but somebody got sick again. It's me. I don't know if you can hear it in the <laughs> podcast, but I, I really don't feel good. Uh, this is probably the worst I've ever been sick. But the show must go on, I think. You <laughs> so, got it. I got it. I miss doing this. So welcome back. And this is a big episode. Uh, we're moving out of TOS, away from Kirk, Spock, and everybody else except McCoy, and, and moving on to, you know, the next generation. Um, you might also hear our dog because he's sitting next to us. But let's, let's talk about Star Trek The Next Generation a little bit real quick. So Star Trek The Next Generation is set about 100 years after the original series ended. Um, almost exactly 100 years from the last movie. It picks up in, I believe, the 2360s. Maybe even the 2350s, a little bit. I don't know. So, I know you don't. I think it's the late 2350s. I could be wrong about that. I can't believe you gave our dog that toy. We, I didn't give him anything. He took it. Oh, my goodness. We're playing... Uh, we're doing this in the living room, and I decided that we'd leave the boy out. So, his toy is... And now he's going to fight the gate to get to it. So, uh, we kicked the dog out. Um, <laughs> but that was bound to happen. Uh, but yeah, so uh, let's talk about the next generation a bit. So Star Trek The Next Generation uh, is the pickup of Star Trek. Um, it wasn't really like a drastic pickup at this point. It wasn't like when the first movie came out where there hadn't been Star Trek for a decade. At this point, Star Trek was a pretty common sight at the movie theater because I believe they were on Star Trek 3 or 4 by the time they started this. Maybe even Star Trek 5. It might have been Star Trek 5 when they started. I, I'm probably wrong. And while we're, I, I should have done research, but I, I didn't. Um, I did make notes about Star Trek The Next Generation, but, you know. I will say some fun stories. So when they started casting, they, they definitely wanted to go with a different, um, you know, a different thing whenever they came out with Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, and, you know, it, it was different. I would say the casting definitely reflects that. I mean, instead of just Nichelle Nichols being the only representation of, you know, black people in space it's it's now you have michael dorn who though he's under klingon makeup he's still an amazing black actor and then you have lavar burton who while not so prevalent in the first season i will let it slip that he does become the chief engineer of the enterprise cool um so he becomes the new scotty which is is very cool so uh i mean you know that's pretty pretty nice. And then, you know, <laughs> instead of, you know, just Michelle Nichols again being the only representation of a, a recurring woman character, you now have three very powerful, strong female lead actresses in lead roles. You've got Dr. Beverly Crusher, played by Gates McFadden. You've got... Uh, um, I'm forget names here because I'm sick. I can't really <laughs> think. Um, you've got Denise Crosby. Uh, granddaughter of Bing Crosby. You know who Bing Crosby is? No. He's a famous singer. He was friends with like Frank Sinatra. He was one of those Rat Pack members. So oh, you, really? She plays um, Tasha Yar, the chief security officer, the flawed chief security officer, one of my favorite. Uh, and then you've got uh, Deanna Troy, played by Marina Sirtis, hmm. uh, a very great Greek uh, United Kingdom actress who really steals every scene she's in. She gets, I will say, the first season's a little rough with her, too. They don't really work out her character um, until the second season, um, and in the third season, really. But she does become a really great character, and, and a great psychiatrist, too. I don't know if you picked up on that, but she is the 
uh, psychiatrist of the ship. So, uh, which is pretty, pretty, pretty bueno. You know, pretty bueno. Um, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm stalling for time here because I am looking at the timeline on not Memory Alpha, which would have been nice, but apparently Memory Beta is more popular right now because that's what's <laughs> popping up. So I'm checking Memory Beta. You know the difference between Memory Beta and Memory Alpha? Have you ever talked about this? No. Memory Alpha is all the canon Star Trek. Memory Beta is all the non-canon, like, books and comics and stuff like that. Oh. So... I didn't even know there was a Memory Beta. Yeah, I mean, I talk about Memory Alpha a lot. Memory Beta is not as good, but it's still a great resource. You know, really? I'm just going to Google <laughs> what Star Trek... Why don't you just do that? You always struggle. You know, and I'm sick. Leave me alone. Oh, you know I never leave you alone. I feel like I'm using that as like a, as like a, what should we call it? Like a, I'm sick. Leave me alone. But yeah. no. Okay, Star Trek for the Voyage Home. So they were filming Voyage Home, the whale movie, when they were filming Star Trek The Next Generation, which is pretty cool. Um, and that makes sense for a story that I'll tell in season two. Um, but uh, what should we call it? So they did that. Um, Gene Roddenberry wanted to capture the same mystique of the captain. He wanted him to be a handsome man that, you know men would look up to and they got Patrick Stewart <laughs> he had a big problem with Patrick Stewart being bald because he said that men won't be bald in the future but look you know it's it makes sense now because bald is like kind of popular for people to have now mm -hmm. um, I mean you want to go bald I, I would let you yeah if you'd let me I probably would but I don't think I, I, like I, I don't hair. I don't think I would look good bald I mean, you look good when you, like, have a, like, a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. But I will also say that the show really reflects the 80s. It reflects 80s problems um, and 80s kind of viewpoints on the future instead of the view of the 1960s when we hadn't really even gone to space yet. I mean, men had gone to space, but we hadn't, you know, we hadn't gone to the moon. And by this <laughs> point, not only had we gone to the moon, we were done going to the moon. <laughs> um, but we were also doing space stations and stuff. You know, Star Trek was looking more and more realistic. And so they had to become more and more futuristic. But they could also play with concepts like God. And that's that's something the first episode does uh, pretty heavily. But that's that's enough, you know. I will say that there, there's one thing I don't I, I don't see talked about a lot. But the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is written by a woman. It's written by DC Fontana. Um, and despite Gene Roddenberry's name being posted on a majority of the story credits, DC Fontana wrote a lot more of this, at least from my understanding, wrote a lot more of this than Roddenberry did. Um, if I understand correctly, Roddenberry's only inclusion in the story was Q, who is a great character. I mean, I love Q. I, I, uh, I don't want to spoil too much for you, but unfortunately the Q storyline in all of Star Trek has recently wrapped up. Really? Yeah. Um, Picard, like this mysteriously? Or? No, Picard Season 2 deals with the end of Q. Um, uh, the, uh, the death of Q. Oh, I thought uh, he was a god. Even gods die sometimes. Mm. Um, and that's the sad thing. It's, it's a lot more touching. And I think you... Because we're going to watch every single Q episode. Um, and there's, there's only like 14 Q episodes. Only 14. Um, out of like a thousand hours of Star Trek, there's only 14 involving Q. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they wrap that up, and I will say that based on this first appearance, I don't know how you felt about Q. How did you feel about Q? I thought he was a, an ass, He is honestly. an ass. Okay, so you got the right vibe from him. But <laughs> he becomes a much more meaningful character down the line, and, and I like to think he has a crush on Jean-Luc. No. Uh, so telling you that, let's see how that develops I did down not the get that vibe. Oh, just wait until they sleep together. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
Um, but okay, let's go to your questions, because okay. I, I do want to get through this podcast, because <laughs> we've got three to record today. And you're dying. And I am dying. Yeah. Oh, so we're doing this on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate it, guys. And if you don't, then happy, 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 happy ha- fall. Hope you, hope you had a good day at work. <laughs> or, no, I hope you maybe had a good day off. <laughs> yeah, maybe you had a good day off, or, or maybe you were on vacation. So. Ha- happy fall. Hey, you know what? Whatever you did today, happy, happy day. Yeah. So, okay, let's go to your questions. Okay. Um, so my first question is, I wrote, I like their suits. or Their their uniforms? Yeah. Yeah, their uniforms are really great. I will say, don't get attached to these because the actors hated them. And, and they're but not, I like them. I actually like comfy. this one more than the other one. Well, they don't change too much. Okay. I will say the only thing that changes instead of a bodysuit, it becomes, excuse me, I'm a little burpy. Um, it becomes more of like a two-piece, but it's still a suit. Okay. But it's still the same colors, the red and the black, the blue and the Excuse me again. Oh my goodness, I'm very. I don't know if this is picking up on the microphone, but I'm very burpy today. I don't think so. Um, but there are two uniforms they'll wear, and eventually during the TNG movies, there will be a third. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I wrote, "There's so much space on the bridge." There is so much space on the bridge. The thing about the Galaxy Class Enterprise and the Galaxy Class in general is it's a mall in space. I mean, this thing has like two parks, a hundred kindergartens. A recreational deck, you know, multiple bars. It's huge. Thousands of people, or like a thousand people. On it's board. basically a cruise ship in space. A hundred percent. It's a cruise ship in space, um, but it's a military cruise ship in space. <laughs> it's like it's a cruise ship where if somebody got their hands on it, they could flatten a planet. It's if they basically the Navy, but more extravagant. It's like an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Uh, but bigger. Yeah. Much bigger. And they actually have a school, and they don't have that. On multiple there. schools. Yeah. They have school districts. Exactly. What? I'm kidding. That's not a real thing. They have dolphins. No, they don't. They have dolphins. That's not, that's not a joke. On the ship? They. Well, are you questioning this? Because you've seen Lower Decks, so you know about... what is Oh, it? right. You know about the whales. <laughs> yeah, so they have whales and they have dolphins. I still don't know how that's possible. Set a sea and ops. Well, you saw the whale movie. You saw the whales talking oh, to a space probe. Oh, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, my next thing is... That was... I wrote, that was mean freezing him. Yeah, Q... So, of course, Q beams onto the ship while they're on their way to Farpoint Station and then freezes uh, Ensign Torres, I believe. And then Picard's like, do you recognize this? It's a stun setting. It wouldn't have hurt you. So, uh, yeah. And it's really good freezing makeup, too. Kind of. Kind of. Not really. This will froze the, the girl. Tasha. Tasha. Tasha a couple times. I think, right? Two times. <sighs> I don't know how you don't have... Some type of damage after coming back. From I mean, there. hey, dermal regenerator, you're all good. You're all oh good. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> and then I wrote, why does he want them to go back? Well, he says it. He says that he thinks humanity has um, come too far out into the cosmos and that he believes that since they're such a dangerous race, that for the betterment of the universe, it's better if they just turn around and go home. But why is that his call to make? He's God. He's God. He feels he can make that call because he is a God. But why is he being such a D-word because of it? Well, it's because he wants to test humanity. And that's the point of the entire series. I don't know how much I can tell you about spoiling Q. But, um, well, let me quote Q, actually. Uh, The trial never ends. The trial never ends. I mean, it's true. Even in this modern day, uh, with all the tragedies we faced uh, this week. uh, This This month. This month, this has been a really bad month for America. I mean, the trial of humanity is ongoing, and I feel if Q were to pop up at Capitol Hill in the United States right now and say, I'm here to judge humanity, that we would not pass that test, and he would be right to just 
snap us out of here. So. Yeah, well, we've been missing much. No. Exactly. I don't think the universe is probably a better place at this point. But mm. I'm very sick and have a very narrow viewpoint of the world right now. <laughs> okay, the next thing I wrote, um, funny they called uh, the the like old like what we're wearing now costumes. Yeah, because it. I mean, at at the time now in 2022, that those are antique costumes and i mean even like then some of those were antique but we don't call like 18th century clothes costumes i do i would if somebody showed up on in my house in my living room where we're recording this there's like wearing a a spaniard crusader costume and i would be like that's a great costume where'd you get it i wouldn't say that's a great set of armor I might say armor, or I wouldn't say that's a great uniform. I would say that's a great costume. Now, the World War II uniform he shows up in, I think at the time that had been phased out. So I think all of that was really outdated, even for the 80s. But <laughs> at the same time, I mean, yes, yeah, costume. Because, I mean, it's 2360-something. Yeah, a, a Spaniard from, like, 1500s Earth? Yeah, that's a costume. I don't know. I would just say clothes, <coughs> but... What do you think, Hoshi? Hoshi's sitting in a chair next to us. Hoshi is busy grooming herself. Yeah, don't clean, bother clean her. Feet. Weird. <sighs> you know what? For any of you on doubloon TikTok, here are five doubloons for you to take on your what journey. The... I got it hooked on. I, this you is were off topic. all about doubloons Oh lately. my god. Have you not gotten any of the doubloon no, TikToks? No, you have said thing, anything There's to this me. thing. I'll show you when it comes up. I don't know if it's going to keep happening, but there's this thing where people are making the little picture slides and it's like cats giving out doubloons for like travelers. That's so dumb. It's really cute and I love it. No, I have not seen it. Anyway, back on point. I'm sorry. Jeez. Okay, so the next thing I said, was that guy wearing a dress? Yeah, the scant. So it's not a dress, it's a version of the uniform. But at the same time, you have to think about that. That's normal for, for men in the future to wear uniforms. I mean, that, that could be normal. I mean, and it, I don't really care but, if but men nowadays want to wear but a dress. But baby, this is now. That was 1987. Like, uh-huh. That's still like not a good time for LGBTQ members. And the fact that someone in the costume department was like, hey, this is a female uniform, but put it on and we'll make a statement. Big hairy legs and everything, you know. <laughs> It really sticks out. And this isn't the last time we'll see a guy wear a scant. I mean, that's perfectly fine. I just wanted to make sure I saw that right. Yeah, it's a scant. That's what it's called, scant. A scant? A scant. Like, like scantly. I don't like that word. I don't either. It makes it sound like the other word. What? Scat? No. Skank. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, but it's a scant. I know. My character on Stowe on Star Trek Online, which is a great MMO. Did we just MMO. say squirt? <laughs> no. Uh, if, if any of you play Star Trek Online, I do run around and I do have bridge officers that look like us. So if you see us on a, on like an away mission and you see me, just wave hi. But I, I have an outfit in my outfit file on that game that's my character in a scant. Because I was like, why not? You know, I, I unlocked it and I was like, I'll wear it. Okay. Um, and then I wrote, they have families on board now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is the first time we see this, but every ship in the Federation now has the option. I think it's after you serve two months on a ship, you have the right to bring your family aboard. So people have brought their families on board, their children. Um, you'll see how that's not a good idea down the line. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, I feel like if by letting them, <clears throat> sorry, by letting them have their families on board, mm -hmm. then they get to like have them um, be more active within the military or whatever this is. Starfleet, like Starfleet isn't a military. It's it's a career. It's a, it's an exploration. Now it is a military. I mean, it's a military, but it's not a military. But they can like they can they can. Um... Okay, let's let's look at the original series. The original series, starships 
the first time a five-year mission ever happened was with the Constitution class, which was the largest ship ever ever built at that time. And the Galaxy class dwarfs, I mean, by hundreds of times the, the Constitution class. So, but for five years, I mean, you would understand if I had to go into space for five years. I mean, I'd be sad. You would be sad. It's like if you had to go in the Army now. But I would come back. But yeah. the thing about the Galaxy class is the Galaxy class is equipped and ready and able to cross the galaxy, cross the universe if it had to. So how would you feel if I was gone for 50 years? Ex no. Exactly. So that's why there are families aboard, so that they can stay out longer. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And not have to come back to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I feel like it's a win-win because they get them to recruit on longer. Yeah. And the families get to actually be with their loved ones. Yeah, and I mean, uh, for some instances you're safe, but I hate to say this, but we see a couple of galaxy-class ships get destroyed in season one of Star Trek, The Next Generation, so... Yeah. I mean, a lot of families are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next question? Um, the ship coming apart was really cool. <coughs> yeah, the saucer separation? Uh-huh. First time we'll ever see that, and really the last ship that can do that. Um... It's something the Constitution class was supposed to be able to do. I think I mentioned in our motion picture that the movie was supposed to end, the motion picture was supposed to end with the, the saucer separating because of the Klingons that vaporized were supposed to come back. But um, in this, it's, it's fully realized where they're two separate ships. And, and it makes sense, too, because all of the like tech and laboratories and engineering stuff is in the bottom, and then all the living stuff is in the top. Mm -hmm. So if they had to separate, it makes sense because the top could take everybody away and then the bottom could fight. Or... Which is what happened. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I thought that was pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was really cool. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> My next thing I wrote... We will not see that a lot. I should... I should well, that's uh, lame. I think we only see it like four that or five times. Lame. Very lame. Yes. My next thing I wrote was, why this time period? Why did Q take them back to that time period? Well, that's... that's um. In Star Trek's lore, that is the worst time period Earth will ever be in. Um, in the 2020s of Star Trek's timeline, in fact, in 2023, I believe, uh, the the inklings of World War III start to appear. Not only that, but there are like homeless camps in every major city in the United States, um, and it's it's bad. It's very much like where our world accidentally ended up. Somehow we are following the Star Trek timeline, even the bad parts. Um, what do you mean accidentally? Well, I mean accidentally as in, like, we're accidentally following the Star Trek timeline. There's no accidental. No, we did this. I know. <laughs> but, uh, and so World War Three happens, and it doesn't just, like, it's not like a regular war. Like, every nation on Earth is basically wiped out. Like, humanity is rendered almost extinct. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that saves it is that in 2063, April 5th, Zephram Cochran makes his warp flight. And um, thankfully for him, the Taplana Hoth was flying through the edge of the no. solar... Taplana Hoth. That's the name of the Vulcan ship. Oh. The Taplana Hoth was flying through the outer outer rings of, of our solar system and picked up the warp signature and, and was like, let's go say hello. And they landed. And then what followed was 100 years of the Vulcans fixing everything we fucked up. So... <laughs> Can you say that on there? Yeah, I okay. don't care. I mean, look, I, we haven't gotten the explicit warning yet for one or two F-bombs, so <laughs> this is going to be the time. This is going to be the time it happens. Okay. Uh, my next one was, who is he talking to? Who do you mean? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> who is he talking to? Oh, I get Was it Riker? I don't... Who's Riker again? Riker's the first officer, the baby-faced boy. Maybe. Um, was he talking to Grappler Zorn? Who? The guy in the office with the fruit bowl. Maybe. Probably Grappler Zorn. Grappler Zorn. He's uh, an administrator of Farpoint Station. Okay. 
no more phones. I don't like that. Yeah, you didn't you didn't like that they don't have the the clicky click communicators, which is actually one on the shelf right next to us. Then yeah. Kind of, yeah, everything's been built into the badge. You just just. Now I like it. And you, you can you can beam up and everything. Wait until they get rid of every piece of equipment and it's all in the badge, which is what Discovery's done because Discovery is set a thousand years after this. I like the clicky click. I do too. I yeah. like I like all the tech, and then Discovery's like it's all in the badge now. You just tap and ask That's what so you want. That's so dumb. They just didn't have uh, the no. money. And they didn't no, want it's to not do that. It. They do have the money to do it. So they don't want to cook it. Yeah. Mm -mm. One thing I kind of actually liked. Um, <coughs> so oh sorry guys from all the coughing. Still a uh, dick about... I don't even know what I wrote. <laughs> Which one are you on? That one. Yeah, I don't... Uh, what did you write here? This is... You got bad hand... You got bad hand as me. Um, I don't know. Oh! Vulcans, you're talking about McCoy. Oh! You spelled it wrong, that's why. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, one of my favorite parts of Encounter at Farpoint Part 1, because this is a two-part episode that all the streaming services have merged into one big movie, which we'll talk about that at the end of the episode too, is the little McCoy cameo. So DeForest Kelly in, in extreme old makeup shows up with Data, and he's a jerk, like always, and he's mean about Vulcans, and he's a little racist. But, he's like, your ears are you know, pointy. You know... I, I don't care whatever you say about McCoy. I know he's a southern stereotype. He's a tool. He's, he's a tool, but... He's not as much of a tool as Kirk, but he's a tool. It always makes me tear up a bit when he says, uh, if you treat her like a lady, she'll always bring you home. Because it's true. The Enterprise is, is our home. I mean, every Star Trek fan has an Enterprise, you know. Be it I don't the, have one. You're not a Star Trek fan. Uh, <laughs> can I make my fucking speech about you interrupting? Thank you. No, don't. You're being mean. Um, but... Every Star Trek fan has a ship, be it Voyager, Enterprise, Discovery, the Cerritos, um, uh, the Protostar, uh, the other Enterprises, you know, maybe even some that aren't, like, mainstays, the Lakota, uh, you know, uh, the, the Reliant, you know, all these ships. Deep Space Nine, not a ship station, but still Deep Space Nine. Um, that, that's your home, you know? It's, it's when you're sick that you can, you can turn on an episode and you feel better, or... You can you can relax, or if you've had a bad day, or if you're stressed out, you can just turn on that show or movie, and and you're home, you know. And Why that ship? What ship? Why whatever ship they pick? Because that's how Star Trek works. Every Star Trek fan has a favorite show, and that show has a ship. And that ship becomes your ship. Is that why yours is in the NCC? No, no, it's not. No. Um, I mean, I, I I love the Constitution class, but I say that's my favorite ship. No. What I say, I mean, it's my favorite ship that we see. It's a beautiful ship. Is my favorite ship design? No, my favorite ship design. Which, by the way, we were on Trexpert's quiz this week, and he did not ask me what my favorite ship is. I'm a little. He didn't upset. even bring it by. No, he didn't. He had to send those in. I hope he's listening. I remember. I do remember. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was too. Uh, my favorite ship is the Cheyenne class, which you only ever see in the background of, of like battle shots. It's just a cool ship. It's basically just the saucer section of the Galaxy class with four nacelles. Mm -hmm. But I, I have the the technical manual. Anytime I've done Star Trek like role playing or stuff like that, I'm always like on a Cheyenne class. <laughs> Star Trek Online. I'm if I'm not in a mission where I need a high powered ship, I'm flying a Cheyenne class. I you just, have to show me pictures. I just like the aesthetic. I, I don't know what it is, but but the point is is that no matter what you do, no matter who you are, if if you love Star Trek, it'll it'll always bring you home. And that's the thing. 
that line strikes strikes a lot of chords because not only was Star Trek The Next Generation the return to Star Trek on television, a lot of Star Trek fans were coming home when they didn't have the movies, you know. For the first time, we had weekly Star Trek. And not only weekly Star Trek, but, you know, five seasons down the line, you don't have one show. You got two. Because Deep Space Nine and TNG ran concurrently. And then in season three of Deep Space Nine, which I think was the last season of TNG, you not only had Deep Space Nine and TNG, but you had Voyager. Mm -hmm. And then when Voyager wrapped up, there was a little bit of a gap, but then you had Enterprise. And unfortunately, Enterprise crashed the franchise into the ground. (laughs) And then you had 10 Years of Darkness. But now, but now, in the modern era, we are so goddamn lucky that when one Star Trek show ends for the season, another starts. When Discovery ends, Picard starts. When Picard ends, Strange New World starts. When Strange New World ends, Lower Deck starts. When Lower Deck ends, you've got Prodigy, which I'm not a big fan of. It's, it's a kid's <laughs> show. It's not meant for me. I do enjoy the, the stuff with Admiral Janeway and all the little nods to old canon and the nice Odo cameo in, in the first part of this but season. But it's not for you. But it's not for me. But it's not saying it's not good Star Trek because it is everything is good Star Trek. We're off topic, but I, I want to... I know. I, I was like, to, I still got a couple I, more I questions. Mean, we're only 25 minutes in. It doesn't matter. But I, I like making these statements because I, I think fandom has gotten to a very toxic level. What do you mean? Well, no, I want to ask that question. It's, we've got time. Okay. We're, it's not like we're 40 minutes in. Um, fandom is toxic. I mean, you've got people saying the fact that we have a woman captain is not oh, good. Oh, yeah. But we've had a woman captain since the 90s. And isn't that the black woman captain? Yes. Yeah. The people are complaining we've got a black captain. We've had a black captain since the 90s. And that's the captain a lot of these guys are, are so infatuated with because he was the most badass. Avery Brooks as Captain Benjamin Sisko is the most badass Star Trek character you could ever have. That man flew around in a ship with 800 weapons on it, and he slapped the shit out of the the, the, the Dominion. I will forever love Captain Captain Benjamin Sisko for his, his you stuff. You are so hardcore I, about I this. hate when fans get so <laughs> pessimistic about stuff because of, of race or gender. There are people who are upset that the doctor on Discovery is married to another man, and that's the only main couple we had for three seasons. You know? And now we've got Burnham and, and Book, but... I mean, you know, there are people who complain about the dumbest stuff. I mean, well, the world is progressing. Like, <coughs> it makes sense that um, shows will also be progress- progressing with the world. And I, I mean, when, when Star Trek The Next Generation came out, which let's get back on Next Generation. Um, when Next Generation came out, people hated it. Because it wasn't Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Oh my goodness. Which is, you know, I understand. It was weird. You know, for, for years we had had... You know, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Uhura, Scotty, Chekhov. But what did they expect? Sulu. They're getting older. They can't always be in the show. But it was it was only the eight not eighties and nineties. They were only in their their fifties and forties and and sixties. Yes, but also they're real people. They don't want to they be are. sticking with this. For and the, and I mean, whole life. I mean, it's clear because we will see some old friends and old faces along the way in Star Trek: The Next Generation. But you know, it, it's it's. It's interesting to note that this is common for fandoms. You know, I look at the Star Wars fandom, and I've, I've almost fully exited the Star Wars fandom because of how toxic it's become. But people complain about the same stuff they complained about in, in the late 90s and early 2000s when, when the prequels came out. 
And now <laughs> they look at them like they're, they're the most holy of holy. Are they just forgetting that this is also all fiction? Yes. And they can do whatever they well, want with let, it? Well, let me say this. I know it's fiction, but it still means a lot to me. Just because I've got so many... No, no, not that aspect. I'm talking about that they can literally put in whatever they want. Yes, it's not like but, it's following a certain the, rule book. The, the thing people are getting out of this is that it, it is part of them. But there's an, they feel there's an ownership. And I feel like after something has existed for 50 years, there is an ownership of its fans, especially the fans who have been around since the beginning, which, you know, there aren't a lot of Star Trek fans who are around since the 50s. So, you know, I mean, it's whatever. Let's get back to your questions, though. I'm sorry for getting so off topic, but... It, it, it's just I, I would love to I would love to sit down with like eight Star Trek hosts and just have a long like panel Debate. about this yeah okay um, the Trexperts episode about it. <laughs> this is the only podcast we work with I gotta reference them more <laughs> um, okay I put uh, look at him being nice who? Um, McCoy? Uh, no 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 I think it was the captain oh yeah cause he oh when he brought Wesley on the bridge yeah that's cause he killed his dad Oh my god! He didn't kill him, but he was in command when his dad died. And he's got a crush on the mom, so he has to bring her in, you know. Mm-hmm. And he does. And originally, um, I found this out when I was doing research for this episode. Originally, the, one of the, the head producers wanted Crusher to exit the show at the end of this episode and like have a loving goodbye with Jean-Luc and then leave her son in his custody so he could be a good role model and raise him for her. What? And And like... Clearly that didn't happen, and I'm sure Gates McFadden would never He doesn't even like kids, he said that. that. By the way, Gates McFadden, who plays the Doctor, has a wonderful podcast called Investigates, where she interviews all of her Star Trek friends. Okay. So if Uh, you guys haven't heard that, go listen. I'm telling them more than you. Oh my lord, okay. So my next one is, what was that ship that they were following? The the one that left? The Excelsior class? No, the, um... Oh, the, the jellyfish. Uh, yeah. yeah no, was... no, 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 no. The, the enemy ship. The jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. It was a jellyfish. Wait. I don't think they have a name. It's just space jellies. No, never mind. I think I'm mixing up my episodes. No, you're not. Okay. <coughs> Are you talking about the flying saucer? No. Oh. Okay. No, I'm, I'm mixing up my episodes. Okay. Um, what is happening to him? Who? I don't know. Grapple, Grappler Zorn. What is <laughs> happening to Grappler Zorn? The jellyfish is torturing him for how they torture the jellyfish. Oh. Yeah, it's all because of the jellies. Okay. I think this is also around the time when I kind of fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I'll say, this is, you were very engaged for the whole episode, and that's how it's been for all the TNG past this. This was amazing. You've been really engaged. And it gets, I'm going to tell you, it gets so... So much better when Whoopi Goldberg joins the cast next oh season. Episode one, season two. We also get a new doctor. Uh, okay, my next question is, I said, why does Q want them to fail? He's, he's testing them. He doesn't want them to fail. He wants to push them to a breaking point, and that's what he's doing. And he always does. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Q's a jerk, but he's got a heart. A very uh, small, microscopic... Was he a Grinch? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, so then I said, what's with the jellyfish? I mean, I know why, Space jellyfish. Why? I don't know. It, it's weird. You know, the space life forms is something Star Trek The Next Generation kind of introduces, and I think they were one of the first science fiction universes to include, like, wildlife in space, but it's very possible. We know things like, um, tardigrades. Tardigrades will be very important to Star Trek down the line. Do you know what tardigrades are? They're called water bears, so they are microscopic life forms that live in water, and in our bodies a little bit. 
Um, this they is look, real? They look like bears. This is for real? Yes, they're, they're called tardigrades. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I've told you before, they are my I think I, I favorite animal. Um, what? They're cute. They look like they're little bears wearing spacesuits. Yes, I've seen. Those are hideous. Yes, but those are disgusting. they can survive in the vacuum of space. And, and they were taken to the space station to test it and stuff. But, like, that's a, that's a microscopic life form. And it looks like it shouldn't be microscopic. It looks like you could be walking through a forest and run into it. Oh, my but, God. Uh, it looks like a tick. Let me throw on Star Trek here and, and let you get, get a glimpse of the future. Oh, yeah, we got a giant tardigrade down that's the line. That's fucking horrifying. So, so, yeah, tardigrades are, are horrifying. great. horrifying. But, but that's the point. They're, they're, we, we figured out. When are we going to see that? Discovery. We got a long time. <laughs> it's a key plot point of Discovery. Are we though. watching the episode that this is? Well, uh, unfortunately, we have to watch every single episode of Discovery. Excuse me? Because it's fully, it's fully like, a 10-hour movie. Excuse me? It's a good show. You're going to like it. Oh, my God. It's modern Star Trek. Okay. So it's, like, modern. You'll like it. It's a modern That's all show. I got. Okay. So that's Encounter at Farpoint. Um, what did you think of Encounter at Farpoint? Uh, like a rating? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I know we don't, like go over plot details but i assume the people listening to this can pick up on keys have either can pick up on keys or have seen the episode well i mean as i was reading it i was kind of memorizing what actually happened yeah it's been a minute it's been like a, almost a couple weeks yeah I've and been i was like sick and we had a backlog i was and... like what did i write about and i was like oh yeah um i i would give it like uh an eight an eight, okay. Yeah, that's pretty. Okay. Cool. The jellyfish kind of like was. Uh, uh. Well, there are there are two. I feel there are two episodes in this that were shoved together to make two a two hour movie. Uh huh. Um, and if it had been two separate episodes, like an episode about Q and an episode about the space jellies, would have been great. But yeah. they pushed it together. It's a it's a bit of an. I was an like, eh episode. The, the jellyfish was really random. Yeah, the fact that the city was a space jellyfish always kind of gets right. me. Right, I was like, what. That's we, not what I thought this was going towards. We don't ever see the space jellies again. Why? Well, they just haven't popped back up yet. Oh. <coughs> they won't, won't be the last giant life form we see in space. Okay. In fact, most of Star Trek Discovery Season 4 is about giant life forms in space. Interesting. So, but yeah. So, 8, who, do you have a favorite character so far of the the new cast? Um, You've Now, I will say we are approaching the area of Star Trek where you have seen a lot more of, because I do watch a lot of TNG, Deep Space Nine, and yeah. I don't watch a lot of Voyager. I haven't recently, but, like, because, because of Prodigies, but um, you know these characters a bit better, and you know these episodes a bit better. In fact, I think you've seen Encounter at Farpoint before. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I need you to watch it once. So, I don't remember the jellyfish. Maybe we didn't watch all of it? Mm. Anyway, but you, you know more about it. So I'm interested to see if, who is your favorite character so far. And why is it Riker? It's not Riker. It's not Riker. Riker's not good until he grows the beard. Which one is Riker again? The first officer. Very forgetful in the first season. I'm kidding. He's not um, forgetful. Um, I would have to say the lady doctor. Yeah, I, I love yeah. Dr. Crusher. Mm-hmm. She, she really crushes every performance she's in. She's very in. funny. She is very funny. Um, and I like Wesley. I will say Wesley's one of my favorite I was characters. debating either Wesley or her. Yeah, do you like Wesley? Yeah. People either hate Wesley, find him really annoying, or they love him. I think in the next episode he was really yeah. annoying. And the actor, yeah, the, well, he was drunk, so <laughs> not his fault. But Will Wheaton is an amazing actor. Um, hey, Will, if you're ever listening and you want to come on. Oh, that's Will Wheaton? That's Will Wheaton. Oh, so that's, that's little, the one that's that little, was, That's little baby Will Wheaton. That he was commenting about? Yeah. Oh, geez. So that's Will Wheaton. Look at him now. I know. Look at him. Off off doing a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had already done a huge movie by this point. So. What movie? Stand By Me? 
Never seen it. It's a great movie. Okay. Um, so, all right. Well, that is the end of Encounter at Farpoint. Um, I, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. What do you think about it? I love it. I mean, I love every episode of TNG. Uh, not every episode. Liar. A lot of episodes in season two that aren't great. And there's a couple episodes in season one that we're skipping, like the episode where they go to the planet that's just Africa. What? Yeah, there's a planet in it's called... I remember. They go there for a vaccine, and this is a quote, no vaccine. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a great episode, which is why we're not watching it. Okay. But uh, they kidnap Tasha. Poor Tasha. And they make her fight with a giant fist with spikes on it that's poisoned. Poor Tasha. Yeah, so... Very weird episode. Very, a lot of weird episodes in season one, but it really... I mean, you can feel Gene Roddenberry seeping into every episode, and, and especially the ones that are bad, sadly. But, um, yeah. But that is the end of this episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us, head over to Instagram. That's really all only place we're at now. Yeah. Um, you love at First Pod. Love at First Pod. Woo! Get it right. So... Uh, give us a follow. We've been posting a lot. Um, and hey, you know what? Head over to Trexpert's Quiz, our friends who we mentioned quite a bit, and give them a follow. They're a hilarious show. Say Sam and Safai say hi. Sam and Safai say hi. That doesn't get us anything, but you know. I know. You know <laughs> gotta, gotta cross promote. We're going to be on Trexpert's Quiz this week when this episode comes out. I strategically planned our TNG vacation so that when we came back, I wouldn't have to hide the fact that we're going on a quiz show. So uh, I'll give you a hint on who won. So, no, I won't. No, I no, won't. No, no, I won't. No, 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 we'll see who it is. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised who won. So I'm a little mm. upset at myself. Leave, leave who you think won in the comments. But, all right, guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with The Naked Now, a follow-up to the most beloved The Naked Time okay. of Star Trek. Okay, bye. Bye. See, I got to, I got to do the bye this time because you got to do the... You can't... No, You got to do the intro. Fine. No, it's mine now.